Before I begin, I want to acknowledge where I am situated, which is on the traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. To acknowledge this territory is to recognize its longer history, one predating the establishment of the earliest European colonies. It is also to acknowledge this territory's significance for the indigenous peoples who lived and continue to live upon it and whose practices and spiritualities were tied to the land and continue to develop in relationship to the territory and its other inhabitants today. I recognize my own history and how it places me in the structure that is still heavily influenced by colonialism. And as you listen to this series on Black experiences in Kingston, I hope that you place yourself on your land and acknowledge what it might feel like for non-settlers to navigate the systems in place. Welcome back to Kingston the Black Experience. I am your host, Tiana Edwards. Thank you so much for joining along so far. Today's interview is with Ayanda Mangoma. Ayanda is a local DJ. He co-owns AA DJs. And I actually realized uh, when I was asking him to do this interview that I know his mom, uh, Namusa or Nomza. We are on the board of the Black Entrepreneur Ecosystem together. Um, so it was a really fun realization to to know that they are our son and mom because she owns a dance studio, Dansani Dance Studio, and he's a DJ. So such a wonderful pairing. Um, Ayanda and his mom are both uh, local entrepreneurs, and they're really spreading the culture around Kingston through offering consistent cultural programming around town. Ayanda talks about growing up in Kingston, raising kids here, and the important things we need to do to keep empowering Black culture. I'm really looking forward to you listening to this episode. Um, here we go. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Kingston the Black Experience. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you for doing this for the community, for the culture. Thank you for being here for the culture and for participating. I really appreciate you and having your perspective and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, me too. Um, okay, well, let's just dive right into it because I think, you know, we're both working and busy. <laughs> I don't want to take up too much of your time. <laughs> so let's hop right into it. Tell me a bit about yourself. Yeah. yeah. So my name is Ayanda Mingoma. Um, I've lived in Kingston for a long time. So for over 25 years, I've lived in Kingston. Um, grew up here in Kingston. Uh daycare, elementary school, junior high, high school, left for a couple of years to go to college and then moved back and started working and 
starting a, a business here and got married and had kids here and have been raising them for the last five and a half years here in Kingston. So, uh, yeah, pretty much my whole life has been has been spent in Kingston. That is so interesting. And I think that this will be really awesome because not a lot of folks that I've spoken to are rooted here the way that you and I are here, because I, as you know, I was born yeah. and raised in Kingston. This also makes me wonder what schools Yeah, you went totally, to. totally. So I went to Centennial Public School. I went to Rideau Public School for one year. I went to, because I think I went back to Centennial Public School, and then I went to Vanier, and then I went to KCVI. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Casey, interesting. Do you know what brought your parents so, here? Uh, yeah, my mom came to Kingston for, for school and for work. So we came to Canada to for my mom to, to work and to study. And while my mom was working in Saskatchewan, she applied a whole bunch of universities across Canada, got accepted to all of them and chose Queens. So then we moved to Kingston and, and have been here ever since. So that is uh, why we came to Kingston. Okay, Kingston via Queens yeah. to your mom's uh, profession. Okay, and so going to school, let's just start at the beginning because I'm sure how you show up now versus how you showed up as a kid and a teenager might yeah. be different. Um, so let's talk about yeah, growing up here and then coming back to Kingston yeah. and that contrast. I mean, growing up in Kingston was, you know, it was it was interesting. Um, it was at times like very isolating and like lonely. Um, just in general, growing up in Kingston as a kid, there wasn't a whole lot to do. And then compound that with being you know, the only person that looks like you in any given room that you go into, like, makes it even worse, right? So, so yeah, growing up in Kingston was, it was interesting, it was weird, it was, you know, lonely and isolating in certain ways. Like, I have two siblings and my mom, so that was really my main community that looked like me, but... um Yeah, it, it was, it was a time, but like I said, like, most of the time you're the only black person in the room only black person you know at camp or in class or you know you get invited to a birthday party you're the only black kid there um as i'm sure you can attest to so it uh yeah it was it was all of those things and more and then i mean i was away for for a couple of years going to college I come back during the summers and, and you know, live at home. Uh, so I didn't get away from it so much that, you know, I really had this big perspective shift coming back. But even where I was, I was in Oshawa, Ontario. So still very predominantly white. Didn't see too many more, more Black people there. At the college itself, I did because people would come in from the GTA. Um, and so... You know, that was that was interesting coming from Kingston, seeing, you know, people from Jamaica and the Caribbean and getting some of that little culture 
for for a little Kingston boy. That was uh, that was pretty neat. I was like, oh, like this is what other black people do. This is the kind of music they listen to and how they talk with the patois and everything. Like, you know, so so that was like a very interesting, like, you know, almost felt like country kid going to the big city for the first time kind of vibes. But even that was like just kind of in passing. I passed them in the hallways and like kind of check out what they were doing a little bit and keep going on my way. So and then, yeah, coming back to Kingston, it was just like lack of that. But it was kind of business as usual, I would say, for the most part when I came back. Mm-hmm. So what made you want to come back then? Yeah, I mean... really family. Like my my siblings, yeah. my mom were here. Um, my girlfriend at the time, now my wife was here. So it was just like, you know, my whole life was here and, and I wanted to be close to my family. And, and so that's really why um, I came back. Okay, and so now you're back and you have a small business in Kingston. You are a DJ. um, And so you really are rooted here. You literally have a (laughs) business here, which is incredible. Um, What has that been like? Why did you choose the business you chose? And what has it been like growing a business here? Yeah, so I mean, really chose business I chose just because I've always had a love and, and passion for music. And uh, a longtime friend of mine had this idea of um, wanting to start a DJ company that DJed weddings because there was a, a need for sort of a new approach. And as soon as he said it, I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm doing that with you. And you don't really have a choice. <laughs> and, and we just hit the ground running and got started, um, you know, and it's it's been great. And it's been wonderful to to have the opportunity to do that and I mean doing it anywhere would be you know I think kind of similar but it's been nice doing it in Kingston um you know and like it's one of the few times being black and like a visible minority has actually had any type of like advantage it feels like um because there really aren't like really a lot of black DJs in the area like between you know Gananoque to Prince Edward County like there's maybe one or two other black DJs who are also like prominent and out there and you know you can find them if you're looking for a DJ kind of thing so um, you know that that's helped me stand out um, for sure. Awesome and so now that you you know you're invested in kingston you have a business here you're raising kids here um how has that felt even raising kids in the environment that you grew up in knowing that they are going to be like the only potentially the only kids yeah so i mean it's it's something that i feel conflicted about right you like on the one hand you know you want to sort of talk to them about it and like make them conscious of it and on the other hand like you don't like you hope that it's going to be it's going to be better for them and they're not going to go through like some of those same hardships that you went through um but like you don't want to call attention to it and then give them that perspective like the world is out to get them because of the color of their skin uh you know and like we've been 
lucky so far that they've had other um, people of color in their classes so far. Um, and so obviously, you know, we, we hope that continues. But yeah, it's definitely something that's always in the back of your mind and something that you're always conscious about. But, you know, I, I try not to put my own influence and bias and past experiences on them because, you know, you obviously don't want them to go through what, what we went through. So you don't want to also like put that on them and then influence their thoughts and ways of, of looking at the world is sort of how I view it. But yeah, you also want to protect them from, from those things too. Yeah, I think that that's always a tough balance, right? We don't want to like project your yeah, exactly. personal exactly. fears. <laughs> but then you want them to be able to navigate potential yeah. situations with a thought. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, if you have any tips, send them my way because I'm still figuring yeah. <laughs> <laughs> honestly if there was like a parenting black kids 101 book or parenting kids in general yeah. small kids i would be yeah 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 me that. too maybe that'll be your next project <laughs> no more projects <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um okay so yeah we talked about you know growing up here raising kids here um, have you been able to, I guess, since your return um, and in the last few years, been able to build community here? Your mom is quite involved in the community. Yeah, I will yeah. Say. As as are you. I'm on a board um, with her, which is which is great. Yeah, I mean, like community building in Kingston, like it's been tough. Um, you know, it's June 2023, and I would say really only in the last 12 months we've really seen good solid community building for the black community in Kingston probably in the last 20 years like it's never been this good and you know that kudos and shout outs to, to a lot of people um yourself included um you know like you mentioned my mom Namusa Mingoma um and like I'm proud to say and myself too have um you know been able to implement some things that are for for the community for the culture so you know doing themed like music dance nights at a local brewery in town I was able to you know talk to them and be like hey we need we need to do this there's people who want this you're going to make money as a business and like this is going to be so great for the community and we've been able to do that and do it repeatedly on a regular basis and and you know and that's that's been amazing and we have the black entrepreneur ecosystem now and you know that's had one event but that was amazing to see so many people from our community a just all get together <laughs> full stop like just that alone was amazing and then to hear about all of these businesses that people are doing or thinking about starting um has has also been incredible and you know now this block party that's uh, gonna be happening uh at the end of july for like our people is just something you know that you and i have talked about for at least a couple of years now and you know i'm sure we've both been dreaming about it way longer than that so 
Um, just the fact that now finally it's like multiple things are happening in really big publicized ways that you know a lot of people can be involved in is absolutely incredible and I don't think we've really had this much momentum in such a short period of time pretty much ever in Kingston yeah you have that 25 year perspective <laughs> yeah. so how what do you think started that like what do you think made the shift started the shift because I do agree that things yeah. have shifted what do you think was the root of that? I don't know, to be honest, what, what the root of it is. I think I think it's just having people in the community who have worked hard to get into positions of influence and leadership, um, who have enough clout to go to these established institutions or know people from other communities and say hey you need to think about the black community let me let us do something and show you what can happen when you harness the black community and having you know enough respect and clout and leadership for those people to take us seriously and give us a shot and then you know just hustling enough people to come out and participate to then show people what we were talking about and them saying, oh yeah, you are right. Let's do this again because this was great. And yeah, I think that's really what it comes down to is just, you know, I think there's always have been people in the community who are capable of doing these things. You know, if you look at North American entertainment and culture, Black people dominate that space um whether we get the recognition for it or not is a different story but we are cultural leaders naturally in, in North America so we've had the people who could do it it's just been a matter of getting other people to listen to us and give us the opportunity to shine and so I think it's just been there's been enough people who have gotten themselves into those positions and then all starting to do things at a similar time frame. And now we're, we're here with so much more to do, so much more to go. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think it, it's like, it takes consistency. And I mean, I'm thinking about the conversations we had and you know, like after uh, the execution of George Floyd is like what I'll personally say, I felt the shift in terms of like the reception of wanting to people to actually be aware of like what it means to yeah. have a black owned business list and what it means to actually like think more inclusively. And I don't think that this idea of a black block party would have landed like right? three years exactly. ago. <laughs> exactly. So but like to your point, right, even something that, you know, may have started out small and like was designed to be in and of itself with your black business directory, like without you doing that, like who knows if all of these other things would have even happened um, 
right or if they would have been received the way they have been without that so again it's just kudos to you and other people in the community just you know doing things here and there getting the respect and attention um of other people who are you know in positions to help us make things happen and and now because of that we're able to do these awesome things thank you yeah and honestly i think like the city is is being receptive to these things like the black owned business list is has been really great because it really helps everyone to know like where to go and you know who to put their attention to but you know the city is actually like let this be community led and you know let like let's center black voices so you know i want to um these things go hand in hand and yeah thank you for the shout out like i am constantly putting myself (laughs) out there (laughs) to try um like literally this podcast is that of centering our experiences but what i'm realizing as someone who grew up where i'm sure you can feel the same is that you know for our kids i want them to come to things like this and like see you know like the block party we're gonna have like a bouncy castle we're gonna have rock climbing we're gonna have face painting for kids like we want all the kids to show up and like see each other at these things um so that even if they do go to school and they're the only kids in some situations at least we have these events where they're not the only kids like we like we were and i think that that's a thousand percent a thousand percent or even something as silly as like there was an event where they had like a Cinderella actress, like Disney princess actress. And, you know, they were dressed up as Cinderella. And I was like, well, why couldn't it be, you know, Tiana from Princess and the Frog? Like, you know, let's do the Black princess. And it's like, why do we still only have one after like 100 years of Disney? Like, come on. Um, But yeah, it's like those little things, like representation matters so much. And yeah, it's, it's great to have these events where our kids can can see each other and see other kids that look like them because that's so important. Yeah, I think in one of the episodes um, with another person, Trinda, at the beginning of the series, it was the first episode, um, basically we came to the conclusion of like imposter syndrome is actually real for Black folks because it's like data-driven. So if you're not seeing yourself, you are devalued by the misrepresentation because your value is in that like or it's you've lost your value in the absence of yourself um and so that is like a real thing and it's like really embedded in us folks who were raised here (laughs) i think we don't even realize how like deep yeah it is um and in every in like how we show up so yeah i think that 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 is definitely really important and i you know like i love that you have a business here because it's like such a wonderful way you know to get the culture out and celebrate our music and the events you've been doing at daft are awesome you know like afrobeats yeah. is so much fun i like danced my butt <laughs> off yeah you did um and it's like yeah, you really did <laughs> uh, it's like yeah so it's bringing that consistent energy not just being a one-off but having them monthly for folks who like yeah. missed it they can come back exactly. next month um that is really, 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 really key. Yeah. I, so I agree. Awesome. I agree so wholeheartedly with that for sure. It's um yeah, you know, I think that's been a big thing with community building in Kingston is just, you know, whenever 
things have happened. They've been those one-off situations. And so, you know, not everybody hears about it the first time. Not everyone's available to go the first time. And then it's like, oh, like, I wish I was there because that sounded so great. I would have loved to go, but I didn't know about it. I was out of town. And then it doesn't happen again. Right. So it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, having that consistent thing, whether it's annually, whether it's monthly, like, we just need more events, more of the time for more of our people. More and more. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes. So thank you for pushing that and using your, yeah, your privileges as a business owner and your relationships to move the envelope with your, with your mom. <laughs> yeah. This little music dance. So your mom having the dance yeah. studio for the listeners. Um, Ayanda's mom has a dance studio where she promotes like cultural dancing, like salsa dancing and some African lessons. And sometimes you team up and like you do the music. Yeah, and she does absolutely. The dancing. Absolutely. Yeah. Her dance studio is uh, Dansani Dance Studio. And uh, yeah, so, so much fun. And yeah, I'll see more of that on like Afro nights and Latin nights that I'm DJing and teach like a little line dance for Jerusalem and it's a lot of fun. I love that. So double A DJs and Dansani dance studio, look those up. They're actually both on the black owned business. Yeah, we are. <laughs> so. Look them up, keep up with tickets.com. Um, amazing. Okay. So, you know, I think we've touched on, you know, quite a bit in terms of like how you show up your perspective of, of growing up here. Um, I guess you don't really like you were quite young yeah. when you came here, so you probably don't really like when you showed up, did you get that sense of like feeling racialized or what what did it feel like? When yeah, you, I mean, like, yeah, I think growing up in Kingston, like the only thing you can do is feel racialized, really, like there there wasn't really much of a choice uh, because, like I said, like literally, you know, you'd be the only like black person in school or maybe there were like two or three other black kids like literally like a school of over 100 kids and there's maybe three or four black people like total. um you know like i think in my elementary school i was the only one or maybe there's one other and it was like kindergarten to grade six and i went to junior high school and i think there was there was two other black kids in our school and it was a smaller one and then I went to high school, like one of the biggest high schools in Kingston, and there was still only four, five, maybe six black people from grade nine to 12. So right. it's, uh, yeah, so it's very, you know, hard not to feel racialized in that situation because everybody is at least going to look at right. you once because you're the only person that doesn't look like them in in the whole in the whole room and then you go to sports camps and it's the same thing you go to a friend's birthday party it's the same thing um you know and in in previous years you know i remember there being news articles about you know instances of racial profiling in kingston um and you know i know those people who are affected and targeted and i've experienced things like that myself growing up in Kingston so it's um yeah that that's why I say it feels like there's nothing to do but feel racialized growing up in Kingston. but mm-hmm. you know hopefully that changes for our kids 
Yeah, and I'm thinking, so when I say that, I'm thinking, like, some folks come here and they know, like, the stark contrast of coming from. So I don't know if you've read Alameen Abdel Mahmoud's book, Son of Elsewhere. I haven't Elsewhere, read it yet, but I've heard but, an amazing thing. Okay. I highly recommend it. But, you know, he came from Sudan, so didn't find out who was black till he mm, got here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, it was, like, the yeah. premise of the book because he came from a place where he wasn't. So he kind of touches on, like, that realization of like being like oh i'm supposed to like lauren hill now and like i'm supposed to like i mean who doesn't know but you know i'm supposed to i'm supposed to like love like rap music now and i'm supposed to like show up and everyone has set these expectations on me and not understanding because he was like old enough when he came here to know like oh this is weird versus like when you're raised here like so it was interesting for me reading it because i literally was always yeah. the only kid so i never knew what it felt like to not blend exactly. in um and so yeah that's why some folks show up here to kingston they're like i didn't even yeah. know i was black yeah and, and it's such a true thing like even growing up here i'm sure you've experienced it is like people do put their own expectations on you for sure um you know it's like oh like Ayanda, why aren't you like on the basketball team or <laughs> right like yeah face palm but you know like that's what people think yeah. and and uh you know it's they try and put you into into these yeah boxes of what they understand you know what it means to be black and like oh why are you not conforming to this or if you do happen to like rap music or play basketball with your friends occasionally, then it's like, oh yeah, like that makes sense. There's a black guy doing black guy things, yeah. um, and <laughs> you know, and it's just, yeah, it's it's so it's so layered and complex, and I'm sure, like even for you, just like with the style of hair that you wear or don't wear, like that has you know, implications and, and things like that. And uh, yeah, so like even growing up here, you do feel like, oh, I'm like supposed to do these things or like these things for sure. Yeah, 100%. You know, I, I still am very like aware of how my hair is styled, but a lot of it to do with like people touching my yeah. hair. Or when I was a kid, the amount of kids who like Right, it was crazy. Even me as well. And, like, I my hair was a lot longer when I was a kid. Like, I'd have it like a little mini afro. Mm. Oh, can I touch your hair? Yeah. And like, you know, most of the time they didn't even ask. They would just do it. Yeah, not even asking. Just putting their hands right in your head. It's like, have exactly. you even washed? I don't know where yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I, so I feel that yeah. so deeply. Which is why I think you know what's funny. My daughter like literally if anyone gets close to her she'll say like don't touch my hair and so this is the thing of like <laughs> the boundaries i've like tried to instill in her and not not to project my personal stuff onto her but for her to know like it's okay to be like you know yeah. not a petting zoo yeah. like it's okay to just be like don't yeah. touch my hair you can set that boundary like you're not obligated to let people yeah. put their hands in your head um because i don't think we really had that language as kids it was kind of like yeah what's going on this is yeah, it's like, why do you have yeah. your hands in my hair? Yeah. Um, this is weird. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. That's really interesting. Well, you know, I'm just, I'm really glad that you're here and that you came back and that you, you know, you yeah. lived here. Yeah. We're raising kids in similar age age yeah. demographics um, at the same time. So it's just, 
it's always just like always lovely yeah. to see you. Um, and so, you know, like as a someone who grew up here, is still here, has a business here, what is your advice for folks who, you know, are in Kingston, considering staying in Kingston, basically Black Kingstonians who are trying to figure yeah. it out? Honestly, like, yeah, keep keep showing up, keep taking space, um, you know, keep creating opportunities for for us to to get together, to see one another, to know one another, um, you know, learn from one another. But we just need more opportunities to to be ourselves, but to be ourselves together. And like we were saying, doing that on a consistent basis. Let's not, uh, you know, see each other once every five years. Let's see each other once every five weeks. Um, so, yeah, I think whatever, whatever you want to do, whoever you want to be, you can do it in Kingston and you can be proudly black in Kingston, but we need to keep showing up for each other and coming out and supporting the black businesses coming out and supporting these you know black led events um so that they continue to happen and continue to happen on continuous basis and and let's get more of it right like and like we seen the other day it'd be amazing to have like a black cultural culture trivia night somewhere like all these bars and restaurants do trivia night Let's do a black trivia night. Um, like, how amazing yes. would that be? Um, and so, yeah, just if you're thinking about coming to Kingston or staying in Kingston, please do. And please take up space for yourself and, and for other black people and just be involved. And if what you want doesn't exist, please go out and make it happen, create it. Somehow it might take five, 10 years to, to make it happen, but make it happen. I love that. I think that this is really like, out of all the conversations, you're the last conversation I've had. I interviewed Judy Brown. Oh, amazing. Who's like eight. Yeah, a legend. Yeah, um, a legend, absolutely. Uh, you know, lived here for 50 years. <laughs> yeah. So it's always just like incredible to hear from, from different folks. And Martha, who's opening the yeah. Pella Studio Cafe, like literally went to Wellesley and like met Tony Morrison and Je Angela Davis was arrested during the Rodney King riots. Like we have the culture here yeah. in Kingston. We have the people yeah. here in Kingston. Um, but the common thread has been from everybody has been like show up, like you said, and also you have to make the effort to find your people. And so you can't really rely on proximity. Like you have to make yeah. the effort um which you know some people would argue like that extra labor is like not something everyone wants to do but if you want to stay here <laughs> then it does require work um it does require a bit of like mm -hmm. labor to carve out those spaces but i will agree that when you make it known in this town that you like want something and you build good relationships then there will be there people there to support you is what yeah. i realized yeah. um because we have a pretty small community it's true it's true and it's not something that i feel has always been the case but right now it is uh which is which is great and like we said like that's 
I think part of the reason why we're seeing all of these things happening in such a short time period, it's like the the want and desire for these things has always been there. And now we find ourselves in an opportunity where we're in a position to leverage connections and resources and influence and, and just make it happen. But without people like Judy, like without, you know, um, like even like Brian Dodo who owns like a graphic design studio in town mm-hmm. or Abba who owns Share Mare, like really putting in yeah. the work for decades um, and mm-hmm. being those, you know, first few like pioneers to like lead the way and make like black business owners in Kingston, even like a thing and like accepted and respected by you know, like the city and Queens and all these other old institutions, like without them, we wouldn't be in this position to like to do these things. Um, And so, yeah, it's just, it's incredible. But yeah, it does take work. Um, Like you said, for sure, like connecting with people, but hopefully with more events like this block party and Afro night and other events happening, you know, Martha's Space with Pedal Works, hopefully those things will help reduce the amount of effort it takes to to find the community and even things like your business directory for black owned businesses like all of those things help reduce that that effort level and um yeah i think it's that effort that's kept things not as accessible for so long yeah we're building an infrastructure and i think we're really leveraging like this time of social media to really yeah. connect folks and you're right and i think like honestly personally i'm just i'm really doing it for my kids yeah. at this point to, so that when they get older it's like not so hard to find someone who can bring exactly their hair or, you yeah. know, whatever it is that they need um it feels like the effort is for them which makes it feel good but 100 percent, we are trying to make it easier and being rooted in here and having our like being raised here, I think makes it easier for us. So using that privilege to mobilize. Exactly. Exactly. And for anyone listening, if we drop the ball, pick it up, keep dribbling. (laughs) Thank you. I will, I will be dropping the ball. I'm sure (laughs) I've dropped many balls. But it has to be everybody committed and moving in the same direction and like I said, if you don't see what you want happening, please, please dig deep and just do something to, to make it happen. It doesn't have to be the end vision, the big goal that you want it to be, but just take that next step um, because we got to keep this going now that we have the momentum. We can't we can't let it die. Yeah, can't slack, can't, slack. can't stop, won't stop. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for taking the time pleasure. to do this. I really, really, really appreciate you. Um, well, you could be Kingston's Oprah. <laughs> you know, I always idolize. Who didn't idolize Oprah when they were a kid uh, after school? Right? Honestly. Honestly, for sure. Um, yeah. But like, again, thank you for, for all that you do. Because uh, you do a lot. And yeah, it benefits all of us. So just thanks and, and keep it going. And 
yeah it's it's an amazing time just to be like kind of take a minute to think about like all the stuff that's been happening and is going to be happening and it's just like absolutely incredible like in your email you're like yeah clearance to like whatever streets are going to be shut down for us like yes when has a street ever been shut down for a black person <laughs> black block party yes yeah. yeah yeah so oh man can't friggin' wait um yeah and thanks for for doing this it's my pleasure it's my pleasure Once again, my name is Tiana Edwards, your host of Kingston, The Black Experience. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I really appreciate you listening, and I look forward to you joining next time. If you're on Instagram, you can find me at Kingston Black Experience for the latest updates. Feel free to send me a DM there, or you can email me at 18tre at queensy.ca. Until next time, take care.